Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is... Tim Foss. Hey, everybody. And it's just us two. No one else. Beth has left us now. It's very sad. Uh, we were Trust hoping to guys. have, we were hoping to have Beth's uh, like kind of replacement here today, but she got busy. So um, anyway, it would just be us. We're going to talk about mainly what feels like a win. It wasn't a win, uh, but the tie the Sounders secured against Leon that put them through to the Champions League semifinals. And you know, we may as well start. On this point, uh, the last time the Sounders were in the Champions League, uh, CONCACAF Champions League semis was way back in 2013. And if you remember how they got there, it was uh, scoring a dramatic comeback win against Tigris. They got like two ab- like goals that I think probably still to this day stand up as two of the most impressive goals the Sounders have ever scored. Uh, defenders hitting volleys from like 30 yards out. Uh, don't happen a lot. I don't know that there's been a whole lot more of those since then, maybe from any position. Uh, But there was a sense that the Sounders were sort of playing with house money, I think. Uh, And as it was, they they got closer to advancing to the finals than maybe everyone remembers. If if they had scored one more goal, they would have actually gone through. Um, and And they had a decent look at it. But they were playing a Santos Laguna team in the semifinals who was very much the favorite a team that a year earlier had knocked them out with a 6-1 win at home. Uh, so it was it was a very different scenario. And I think going into this one, what stood out to me was they. there is no doubt to me that they were the better team in this series. Uh, the 4-1 scoreline, I think, uh, fairly illustrates that. But like even though they got outshot 26-6, I think it was, in, in this game, I think you can really argue that the Sounders had maybe the better opportunities. Uh, and they, I think felt, it felt like they were in control, even though they only had 25% of the ball. And even though they got outshot to 26 to six, like there was never a sense where it seemed like the Sounders were just in a shell and absorbing pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think even like Stefan Fry had seven saves last night yeah. and there were two maybe that were both necessary and really impressive yeah maybe three but like he had one that looked pretty good where he tipped it over the bar towards the end of the game but I think that was probably going over anyway like he just prevented a rebound and gave up a corner from it but um I I think in a lot of ways it feels 
feels a little bit like the inverse of the conversation after the Nashville loss, where I think a lot of focus was on how bad the Sounders played in that game without noting that, like, well, actually Nashville played really well and, like, didn't give up a lot of good chances, even if they gave up chances. Like, the Sounders gave up chances last night, but through the work of their defense, really none of them were good chances save for that one that they scored, which, you know, you don't want to see your defense get split like that, but no, it was maybe like the one mistake Jackson Reagan made all night and, you know, give a guy with under 200 MLS minutes, a start in Mexico against a legit Liga MX side. Like, he can make one mistake as a treat like the it may not have literally been the 91st minute is the time to make it to right literally have right may not literally have been a win but it was spiritually a win yeah and i think that the sounders sort of uh had the ad the right like as excited as i am and i think as you are i i don't blame the sounders for having sort of a like, yeah, well, we came down here to win and we didn't win attitude. And I think that's like holding themselves to that level of accountability is good in part because they, they haven't won anything yet. I mean, that's the reality. Like they're, they got, they have to be, if they're going to get to the final, they have to beat the MLS cup champs, which is obviously a, a pretty huge test. And if they get to, if they get to the finals, they're going to have to beat one of the big teams from Mexico. Uh, they're going to have to probably play, you know, something like a, uh, they're gonna they're gonna have to play probably a competitive. They're gonna have to be competitive in in Mexico City. Like they don't necessarily need to win. They don't necessarily even need to tie. But they're gonna have to be. They're gonna have to come ready to play. So it's like they got a lot of tests ahead of them. Uh, and so it's 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 smart. I think that they are taking this attitude that they haven't won anything yet. And uh, but I for a day like as if you're asking me how do I feel about this result, I'm I'm like really really enthusiastic and in fact i think it's i'm more in in some ways i'm i'm not more enthusiastic than if they had gone down there and pounded leon but in a way it that leon clearly was in this to win it they were you know that they were they had a big crowd behind them i don't know if it was a literal sellout but there was a big i mean as that game went on it filled in really impressively i thought it was pretty cool they did the the phone light thing uh they did like it was a cool it was a cool atmosphere and it was it was a good test I think and that the Sounders did it without their starting uh, their their defender of the year candidate center back Yamer was out uh, they were missing Nico Ladero uh, they were missing Raul Ruiz Diaz uh, and they bring in Jackson Reagan a kid who two years ago was uh, a third round draft pick by the Chicago Fire and he looks every bit the part uh, the guys that they bring off the bench are. Uh, uh, A.B. Sissoko, who was another player who the Sounders basically found uh, in the in the, in the soccer wilderness, essentially, and they developed him through the defiance, and they bring in two teenagers, Obed Vargas and Danny Leva, and then Will Bruin. Hey, if you can bring Will Bruin off the bench, that's great. Uh, but, like, this was a team that, you know, had, a, like, a lot of, in a lot of ways, a lot of MLS, like, this, in some ways, like, from a, 
you know, a 10,000 foot perspective, you go like, this is why sound uh, MLS teams can't win in Mexico is because of all those reasons. Yeah. You know, I mean, credit to Wade Weber and everyone at Tacoma defiance, because all of those guys made USL championship appearances with Tacoma, even Will Bruin, even Will um, Bruin, that's right. But yeah, I, it really is like, MLS still has a long way to go before they can compete, you know, dollar for dollar on the salary level. But the more that you can come on leaps and bounds at, you know, the talent identification and development level that you can improve your academy, you can improve your development system, the more you can get out of those, you know, developmental roster spots and young players where, they, yeah, to your point, they brought on two teenagers. Another AB Sissoko is 22, 23. He's a pretty young guy, especially for a center back. And none of those subs felt like they made the game like out of more out of reach or less likely for the right. Sounders to get a result. When you look uh, at how the, how the game sort of fell apart for New York City FC when they brought in their their players off the bench against Comunicaciones, who I think is an, uh, a fine team, but they aren't Leon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, let's, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I do want to take a second to talk about the Sounders goal uh, because I thought it was really illustrative of sort of the job the Sounders went to do in in Mexico. It wasn't just get out here and survive. Like, I don't think they had any intention of losing that game like two zero and being like, yeah, well, that was, we were allowed that that was, that was our margin of error. And we intended to use that. Right. Like, I think that was pretty well illustrated by the goal. And so I'll, I'll set it up for everyone here. Uh, usually in a game like this, what you oftentimes talk about doing is breaking it up into 15 minute bits right so the sounders at that point were three halfway through they they weathered three 15 minute segments they were halfway through it was first half stoppage time if they just get to halftime it's three zero at that point you're you're sitting very pretty there's no reason that you need to push for a goal but what we but instead what happens is uh a ball gets played to Jao Paulo uh on his side of the field and instead of doing anything remotely safe, he basically sets himself up for a half volley and hits this absolutely gorgeous pass to Kellen Rowe, who, by the way, is playing left wing back at that point. And so he's flying forward. He gets onto it. He hits a back heel to Jordan Morris, who a few minutes earlier looked like he was going to be coming off with an injury. And Morris drives at the defense and then picks out Jao Paulo, who has been following the play from, like I said, the defensive side of the field. Uh, he picks out Jao Paulo, who's got a defender on him. And then Jao Paulo kind of shakes his way past one defender, draws a stone-cold penalty. Uh, and then Freddie Montero steps up and just does his thing, which he's now hit 12 straight penalties, uh, going back to something like 2017. And he, I mean... The guy is absolutely clinical right now. Uh, I haven't been able to confirm this frustratingly enough, but he's got 10 goals in, or he does have 10 goals in Champions League. One of them was with the Whitecaps. 
and that I believe is tied for the most of any MLS player in, in CCL history. Uh, this is like, like, I don't know. I just don't know how many teams were capable of, of putting all that together in that moment. Yeah. I, I think Joao Paulo probably gets somewhere approaching the amount of praise and respect that he deserves, but still not quite as much as he deserves. Yeah. And he was, <laughs> he was reasonably in the conversation for MVP last year. But I think that play is such a good example of, you know, so much of what he is good at that mm-hmm. it's this incredible technique and vision to pick out and hit the pass for Kellen Rowe and then to make probably a 60 yard run after having spent 45 minutes doing all of the running and the work necessary to make sure that the Sounders bent without breaking gets onto the ball beats, you know, I think he beats two or three players on the dribble before getting absolutely smashed to earn the penalty. Like, there are maybe no other players who can do all of those things and provide the defensive work that Joao Paulo does, especially not at the, at the level that he offers it in MLS. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's absolutely like, this is, this is the stuff. This is why you sign Joao Paulo is for the, in the, uh, industriousness i think is like i think that's the right use of that word that it takes to like make the play and pull it off and see like to, to envision it to and to execute it like there's not a lot of players in mls who do either of those things uh there's maybe a few players who you know like can hit that pass if it you know if they if they need it there's maybe a few players who see that it's possible to to do it in that moment i don't know that there's a lot of them that are going to do it all together. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, the centers are very lucky to have them. And I think it's players like that. It's, it's stuff like that, that really does, you know, who knows the Sounders could fall flat to an NYCFC. They're a very talented team. They just won an MLS cup. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them, but like, if there's a reason to be excited about and optimistic about the Sounders, it's plays like that one. And it's performances like the one that like, even more than the three zero, I think in a lot of ways, the one, one tie last night, was more impressive than the 3-0 win. And the 3-0 win was very impressive, but I think it was also tempting to sort of write that up as like, man, like Leon just didn't look like they had it. Like, and, um, you know, you got to give the Sounders credit for for making it look that way. But this is a game, this was a game where I think Leon was very much up for it. Uh, and, you know, who knows, maybe it all goes different if they hit that, you know, they hit a ball off the, the crossbar relatively early. But, like, I don't know, as far as balls off the crossbar go, like that one didn't really feel like it was the most likely to go in. Um, yeah, on initial watch, I thought that one was closer because I, even in my recap, initially had it written up as that it hit off the underside of the crossbar. Oh, but yeah, on the replays at half, it hit, you know, upper half of the front of the crossbar. It, right. You You can do as much, like, if the goal was four inches bigger. Yeah, there's a lot of plays the, like that. <laughs> if the rotational spin of the earth was like, but that's all it's science fiction. It didn't happen. What happened is that it hit off the crossbar and the Sounders 
went to Leon and came away with a one, one draw. Like the Sounders were better through two legs of football and yeah. there's not anything that anybody can do about it. Yeah. So two of the players that you highlighted uh, in your write-up that I think are worth talking about a bit more here is Alex Roldan and Jackson Reagan. Uh, and like, I think, like, I don't, I don't think there's any super into like Christian Roldan was maybe man of the match, but like that's, he was so like, we don't need to focus on him. He's, he, he's great, but he's Alex always Roldan, the match, right? He's always been on the bench. Alex Roldan, Jackson Reagan. Uh, let's start with Alex, who I think has at this point, I don't think a lot of doubters because this is a guy who's now the, who's captaining a, a national team in the final round of qualifying for CONCACAF. Uh, so I don't know that the doubters are really out there, but like this was the game where I think he reminded everyone why, like how, like his growth, like he was an absolute rock on the defensive side. He, I mean, genuinely, he had anybody on the left side for Leon in absolute hell all night. Like that was, it looked like the least fun possible matchup you could have <laughs> as a winger like yeah. he was he had plays where he just threw good positioning stood dudes up there was one I don't remember where exactly in the game it happened but stood the guy up made a couple good steps and nice positioning moves so that the guy couldn't move towards goal the guy tried to go around him and just dribbled out of bounds like wasn't even like they were on the end line. Alex was just so in his head after probably 30 seconds of the guy trying to beat him that he thought he saw an opportunity and took a 10 yard touch out of bounds. Like he is so impressive considering that it wasn't that long ago that he got cut because he was playing as a midfielder and it just wasn't working out. And he had to come back and win a spot on the team at a new position and he's genuinely putting himself into a conversation as being one of the best at his position in CONCACAF. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he had a lot, like he, I was taking much more copious notes in the first half than I did in the second half. And he was all over my notes in, in the first half, uh, just play after play, uh, just killing everything that was on the right side. Uh, Absolutely. Like, I think you're right. Like, I don't know how much danger that, that are on the offensive left on the, the left side of the attack for Leon. Uh, he, he was, he was very good. Uh, similarly, Jackson Reagan, who was maybe on a different level of the uh, paradigm in terms of expectation is, was a player who, like I said, two years ago was a third round draft pick. The Sounders, he went through the Sounders Academy. He played for Seattle United as a kid. He ended up going to the university of Michigan uh, playing Big Twelve, Big Big Twelve, Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten soccer, and you know he's a big guy. Uh, he he strikes a he like and it's and it and I talk about this with Way Weber in an interview that we'll be releasing next week. But what's interesting is that I would think this is a guy who is easy to project as well. Clearly, he's a a big center back. How is he like? Why aren't people falling in love with this guy? And especially when you see he's got soft feet, he uh, picks out a pass. And 
you know, he's maybe a little old, I guess, at this point for a prospect. But like, since when does that stop MLS from like uh, stopped MLS talent evaluators? Uh, and you know, he's he's played a handful of you know. This is I think is this is his second start or was this his first? I think this must have been his because he started first. against RS. Did he start against RSL? Well, it doesn't matter. I, Either way. I think there was one game where we were really expecting him to start, and then Schmetzer kind of surprised us and started his first-choice center backs again. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but anyway, so but he looked every bit like he belonged. Like e- He had so many clearances. He had like every ball that came into the box. Like he, like Leon, they, they absolutely scouted Leon right. They knew that Leon was going to be pumping in a ton of crosses. And it's hard to imagine a player better suited to like field a lot of those crosses than, than Reagan. I mean, a, I start every sentence with, I mean, but he, <laughs> the Sounders started maybe one of the best like aerial trios at center back. Like knew who is not an, a physically imposing presence that you would maybe expect to be really good in the air, but all three of Reagan, Ariaga, and Nuhu just simply dominate in the box. And like the, the fact that those three guys who, you know, Reagan is new, he's not had a chance to be maligned, but Nuhu and Ariaga have, oftentimes earned it, but get lambasted quite a bit for being erratic or error prone or whatever. And they locked down Leon's attack. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I, I, I'm like, I've had people tell me, and I know, I think it's hyperbole a little bit. Like I think, and I think it was more just to make a point, but I've had people in the organization tell me, like, no, I think Jackson Reagan might be the best defender we have. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I get it. You like, you like the guy. But after a game, and, and it's like, after a game like that, I, I understand where it's coming from. And I don't know if anyone, like, push comes to shove. I don't know how many people are really going to, like, put their career on the line to, to like, be like, no, we're going to give the starting job to the rookie out of uh, Michigan. But, I mean, I get it. I understand why they're excited about him. Uh, and you see a lot of Chad Marshall in him, like a lot of Chad Marshall, uh, similar build, uh, similar feet. Uh, he's like, maybe not the fastest guy, but you can see how he closes down space really well. And, you know, he, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I could see him having a very long career in an MLS. Yeah. I, at six foot five, you don't have to be that, fast your legs are gonna do a lot of that work for you <laughs> yeah. uh but he he is massive i saw a picture from the game last night that was i think after the goal everybody celebrating together and he just towers over every person on the field at that time um but i i do see where the chad marshall comparisons make a lot of sense there is a sense of security anytime the ball is in the air remotely near him that well he's gonna he's gonna get that header and maybe there's not the same 
you know, oh, he's going to get that header and the ball is going to go directly to a teammate's feet. But when Reagan does have it at his feet, there is a much higher chance that whatever pass he picks out is going right where he wants it. And there's, it's, it's always interesting to see how different players pass the ball in the, like the particular way that they hit it. Like Danny Leva, very noticeably sort of shapes every pass that he hits where it's curved and bent around players to get right where he's imagining it going. Jackson Reagan just zips it. Like it is on a, on a line right to wherever he's aiming for it to go. That yeah, is I think especially if the Sounders are going to keep trying to play a transition game, those fast on the ball or on the ground through balls are going to have a good chance of tearing some teams apart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, it's, it is very encouraging and, and like, I don't know. I'm just very, like I'm high on this right now. Uh, In case you don't know, the Sounders are going to be hosting the first leg on April 6th, they're going to go to uh, New York where the game is actually being played at Red Bull Arena on April 13th. And MLS did both teams a pretty good solid. Uh, they rescheduled. Both of them had games midweek or on the weekend that was between those games is April 9th. And uh, so the Sounders had a game, home game against FC Cincinnati that's getting moved to a TBD uh uh, yeah, t- TBD date and NYCFC had a game against uh, DC United that's getting moved. So it, it saves the Sounders a little bit of, of uh, you know, of legs, but they do have to make two, they have to make essentially an extra round trip uh, flight, uh, cross country flight, as opposed to if they had been able to host the second leg. There's been a fair amount of confusion as to how that was determined. I'll just like the short version is uh, they accumulate, they, they assign points like you would in a, a normal standings to the results of the first two rounds. And uh, the Sounders had eight points. New York city had nine points. So they get to host the second leg. Uh, but I'm, I think this is a great matchup. I think it's, it's exactly the matchup that I think MLS, maybe not the, yeah, I mean, maybe it is the exact matchup that MLS would have wanted given all this. Like, I don't know if anyone in the New York offices really wanted uh, the revolution, but um, this is a great matchup. Uh, this is a, certainly the matchup that everyone in MLS wanted when the bracket came out and, and it sets up potentially a, a really good final where uh, the winner of the MLS, uh, the MLS semi is going to play the winner of the league MX semi as it turns out. And uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I will say that the one thing I, I need to research this a little bit more, but I suspect when I do this research, what I'll find out is that the Sounders have a lot more international uh, experience. And I don't know how much that will play in this particular series, but the Sounders have done a great job of getting players experience at both the international level, meaning like on national teams, but also getting international experience within uh this within the domestic league through league's cup last year but there's a lot of players that have 
you know, previous Champions League experience. And I think you saw that, especially in comparison to like how the revolution handled a very similar situation uh, a day earlier. And they, of course, blew their 3-0 lead. Yeah, we know that at least in the past, the Sounders really prized guys who play for their national team, who are or have been captains for their teams, guys with that kind of international competition experience, whether that's playing with a national team or playing in these sorts of Champions League, Copa League, all of these sorts of things. And the young academy guys, they, lots of them get youth national team call-ups or they go and they play in these international tournaments with the academy. This wealth of experience at all of these different levels in being in higher pressure situations that if you are just looking at, you know, who's the most talented player that we can find or who's the the most interesting young Brazilian kid that we could bring in, you know, those, those might have decent long-term paths to success if you're part of city football group. But right. if you're a, a team like the Sounders who wants to compete right now, build for the future and establish longevity and stability. These are the, the ways that you do it. And it gives you a much better chance of being competitive over long periods of time in these competitions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the senders are, are building the right way. Uh, you know, like I said, like this is, I, I mean, and I feel like this is stuff that will stand up, even if even if New York, New York City wins this semifinal. I feel like a lot of this is still relevant, and I and I think it just gives me a lot of faith that this is a a repeatable thing. Like this isn't the last time the Sounders are going to be at this point in the tournament, and but I do think that this is, you know, like unlike a lot of the previous teams that have gotten this far, I think there was a sense of they're getting the most out of their potential and like to have gotten this far. And I, I feel like the Sounders still have some, like they can stand toe to toe with everyone that's, that's here and they don't need lucky breaks and they don't need to play out of their minds. They just need to play their game. And, uh, and, and, and there's every reason to think that they can get through this semifinal and I got to like their chances going down to Mexico. Like I, and I, and I think there's, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'll take that first Champions League title any way I can get it. But there is something to be said about having to go through the path the Sounders will have to have had to go through to do it. They're going to have to beat one of the best teams in Central America. They're going to have to beat one of the best teams in Mexico. They're going to have to beat one of the best teams in the United States. And then they're going to have to finish it up. Uh, if they are to win this, they'll have to finish it up by winning in Mexico City, which is some place that uh, American teams have had virtually no success at all. Uh, so, Hey, I like, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I think no one, certainly no one's going to be able to take anything away from the Sounders. If they win this thing, like they're, they're going to do every, they're going to do the job. Like they're, they're going to, they're going to go through the, they're going to have to go through it to, to make it. And I'll tell you, there was a quote earlier this week from Freddie Montero, where he, they asked, like, someone asked him if he was nervous and, and he's like, yeah, I am nervous. And that's like, that proves him alive. That proves it. And it's like, I love that. I love that's what I love about this team. Like they understand the task at hand. Yeah, I God, I I love Freddie. 
there there are so many other players who could have you know gone back for a last round with their first team or their first mls team and you know some things just dwindle as you get older and for some people maybe it's the competitiveness or you've established some other areas of your life and the need to accomplish these sorts of things might fade a little bit as other things grow more important but that dude just wants to win every time he's on the field and credit to him it feels like him being on the field is giving them a better chance of winning games than him not being on it especially yeah. if Raul is unavailable feels good to have Freddie out there instead yeah so we might as well end on this note um curious what do you think is going to happen on Sunday like what kind of lineup Sounders going to put out I mean they traveled Raul Ruiz Diaz presumably on the off chance that he's ready to go just about everybody else traveled except for, you know, Ladero didn't travel. I think one or two other guys didn't travel. I, I think this is going to be like as close to a play the kids game as we're going to, we're going to see this season at least. Um, Maybe, maybe not quite five teenagers, but I think this seems like if not from the start, this is a good chance to, get a look at Dylan Tevez um you know maybe Danny Leva starts maybe I think Josh Danny Atencio Leva... is back yeah uh yeah it'll be interesting to see because I don't know I don't know how many options like that's the thing that's kind of crazy is like I mean I suppose they could play Dylan Tevez at one of the wing like maybe they go back to wing backs and maybe Tevez is in there as as a wing back uh I, like I think they almost have to use some of the guys that they like at first I was thinking like, Oh, well they'll just rotate the whole lineup, but I don't, I don't know if they have that luxury. Uh, honestly, like, I mean, I think at the very least, you know, Kellen Rowe pretty much has to start. Cause if you want to rest Alex, right. Kellen's got to play, but that also means unless Madronda can go, Madonna cannot go. I I assure, like, I know people have hopes, but I don't think we're going to see Madonna. Until I see him not on the team sheet, literally on the field starting, I'm not going to assume that he can go. So then it's sort of like, okay, well, you have to start presumably two of the three of Nuhu, Alex, and Kellen. So which which of those two do you think is most likely to be able to go? And then you could you could start Sissoko and Reagan, but that's Reagan going again. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to think Reagan can go again, but yeah, I, I mean, it's asking a lot. It's for sure asking a lot. There's, but yeah, you're like, I mean, I, I gotta think we'll see a Denman, we'll see Bruin, we gotta see Leva, Steve Vargas, Sissoko. Uh, Maybe one of Chu Maybe. or Reed Chu, Baker probably. Whiting. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 maybe Atencio. Maybe Atencio gets in there. Um, but he hasn't played at all. Like, he, he, he's right. trained, but he hasn't played at all. Uh, 
So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting, but I'll, I, it, it was worth it. Like, I'll say that. Like, I, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, uh, if we had to sacrifice this game, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take it. And, and, you know, we shouldn't take it as a sacrifice. We shouldn't assume that. This is a team that the Sounders beat. I mean, this is a, I think Austin is improved, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, yeah, I think Austin has looked much better in their first two games than they did all of the highlights of 2021 combined. But they also did it against FC Cincinnati and Miami, right? Right. I mean, two technically soccer teams, but I wouldn't really (laughs) go much farther than that on either of them. Um, The the circumstances of the team that Seattle is going to put out there are also much different than the five teenager lineup that played Austin last time. This is not guys on emergency call-ups. These are guys who are in the team who are fighting for more minutes. They're, you know, they're going to, not that the other guys didn't take the opportunity seriously. They clearly did. They pulled out a win, but I, I think it's a little, little higher stakes for these guys. Yep. Yep. No, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm liking this. I, I, It'll be a good test. It'll be a good test. And maybe the Sounders can push a couple guys knowing that they don't have to, they have a buy coming up. There's an international break. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see Morris. I don't think we're going to see Roldan. Certainly not starting. Uh, I don't know how, what new situation is as far as his, I don't know if he's getting called up or not. Nothing's been announced, um, but we'll see. I mean, it'll be, it'll be an, an interesting one. That's for sure. Yeah. But I'll, I think it was worth it regardless. It was, like getting the result 100%. Last night. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but all right. Well, that's probably a good place to, to end this. Um, you're listening to the Sounder at Heart podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan signing off for Tim Foss. And we will catch you next time.